Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. Now, today we're going to do something completely different. Usually, as you well know, we play a trailer to a movie, we play clips, we play interviews, we do that whole thing. But then I started thinking to myself a while back, why not talk about movies that aren't current, things that we love or things that we've seen and we haven't seen in a while. This is what happened to me recently. I was flipping channels, I was going through all the platforms just trying to find something. And then I came across a movie. And I'm like, man, I haven't seen this in a long time. So why not talk about it? So I started tossing this around in my head for a while. You know, I always watch movies almost, not every day, but often. And so many of these movies that have long gone or forgotten, I think, why not bring them back to the light of day? So that's what we're doing in this episode. Because in the last few months, I came across two movies that I absolutely loved when they came out. One is on IMDb for free. So you don't have to search or pay for any platform. All you need is a either a you know cable or access to an app, a free app service. The first one is Sliding Doors, and the second one's gonna be They Live. So I'm gonna try to do this. I'm gonna try to, you know, let me know if you like this episode or not. And I'm gonna temporarily call this kind of show Cinema Judge Unplugged. So there I was, jumping one platform to the next. And lo and behold, on the free IMDb app, there was the 1998 film Sliding Doors, starring Gwyneth Paltrow as Helen, John Hanna as James, and John Lynch as Gary. Sliding Doors is written and directed by Peter Howitt. He also directed the 2003 film Johnny English, the 2004 film Laws of Attraction, and the 2018 film Scorched Earth, just to name a few. So here's the plot line. A London woman's life and career both hinge unknown to her on whether or not she catches a train. We see it both ways, side by side. Now that's the basic tagline, but I'll give you a little rundown of the basic plot. Helen, who is played by Gwyneth Paltrow, gets fired from her job, and she's trying to get to the train to go home. It's at this point the movie really kind of takes off and splits off. We see her avoid someone when she's going down the stairwell to try to you know run to the train. In the first scenario, she makes a train, and she goes home. But when she does get home, she finds her boyfriend cheating on her. And at that point, her life just goes in a wildly different direction. But then, they show you what happens when she doesn't make the train. And then from that point, how her life you know differs. Because she doesn't catch her boyfriend cheating on her, but he still keeps cheating on her. So that timeline, if you will, things are still kind of going sideways and sour, both in his life and her life. He's trying to manage this whole situation, trying to figure out, do I want to keep doing this or do I not? And watching these two scenarios bounce back and forth really amps up the emotions. It makes you feel for everybody involved. Now, in this kind of production, everybody has to be on the top of their game. From the director, producers, actors, everybody involved, they have to be just dialed in. And even when you look at the wardrobe department, you might think, why, why does that even matter? Because in these both these scenarios, she's in a different place emotionally. Her life is changing. And as you and I both know, anytime 
your life changes or whatever mood you might be in, your clothing changes, your hair changes. Some things are subtle and some things are more drastic. And watching them play with that within the time frames of that time that they're, you know, they made this film with fashion and everything of that nature, it's really fun watching them craft the character, what she says, what she does, how she acts, and how she grows as a person in two different scenarios based on what path she happened to walk into. Those are the kind of details that sets this movie kind of apart. Not big explosions or things like that. It's sometimes those little things in life that make the biggest of differences. You know, both, you know, like I said, emotionally, physically, all those things play in the, into, a, into account. And it's just fun watching how really dialed in everybody in this production really was. And you have to tip your cap to Gwyneth Paltrow and, well, everybody involved. But her being the main character and she really has to play two different characters, you know, pretty differently, that really shows her acting chops. I mean, this she is very talented and it's just fun to watch somebody like her who handles it with such ease. Everything she does feels so natural. doesn't feel like she's acting or hamming it for the screen or anything like that because this kind of role, you could easily ham it up, try to play it one way or the other to the extreme. But she doesn't do that. She plays it just right on that line, and you never feel like she's forcing the issue or anything like that. And I often wonder with these kind of movies, do they shoot each timeline full, like back-to-back, or do they do them at the same time? I imagine it varies from one film to the next. You know, considering this movie is pretty low budget, that I really don't know how they shot this. Did they do it simultaneously or shoot everything this way and then shoot it that way? I don't know. But speaking of the low budget, I like that about this film. It felt very authentic. Because if it's too glossy, too pretty, it just, it, it takes you out of it because it doesn't feel real. But this movie felt very real. And another aspect about this movie, it leans into being a London film. You see little sayings that they say or just their behavior, everything like that. They don't try to Americanize it or whatever kind of wherever you live it. They shot it there and it was about those people in that area. And it makes it feel just, for lack of a better word, quaint. Now let's talk about the cast. I love the choices the filmmakers made. For instance, John Hanna, who plays James, the love interest slash friend to Helen's character. You know him from the Mummy franchise starring Brendan Fraser. He played the brother of Evelyn, played by Rachel Weitz. He was great in that series of movies. He was also in the 1994 film Four Weddings and a Funeral, the 1999 film The Hurricane, the TV series Spartacus, and so on. He nails this character. He navigates his character that could easily have been overplayed or steered into so many other cliches. But like Gwyneth, he walked that line just perfectly. You really get to see his acting chops on display. Now another great casting decision was getting John Lynch to play the cheating boyfriend. He handled that outstandingly because in both timelines, his character had different things he had to encounter. But at the one point in one of the timelines, the struggle of what he wanted to do with the person he was cheating with, and then with his girlfriend, Gwyneth. It was really fun and almost, I was, in, I was impressed with his balance there of dealing with that whole scenario, the stress of it all. Now, you might have seen him in the 1993 film, The Secret Garden, or the incredibly awesome TV series, The Fall. If you've never seen that TV show, The Fall, look it up and check it out. It's really well done. Everyone in Sliding Doors does a wonderful job of playing dual roles of the same character. Now, I remember when I was watching this film, and I couldn't get out of my head, Gwyneth Paltrow reminded me of someone, and then it finally clicked. 
if this movie were remade today, Carrie Mulligan could hit it out of the park. Every once in a while, in a few shots, she had moments that she looked or had that little energy as Carrie Mulligan. Now, if you're unaware of who Carrie Mulligan is, she was in the brilliantly insane, great film, the 2020 film, Promising Young Woman. If you've never seen that one, see it right away. It is good. She was also in the 2013 film, The Great Gatsby, the 2018 TV show, Collateral, the underrated 2021 film, The Dig, and one of my favorites she's in. It was a 2011 film, Drive. All I have to say is I love that movie. See it if you haven't. I know I was talking about sliding doors, but I got distracted. It happens to me when I'm in my happy place. Now, a couple days after I watched Sliding Doors, I remember going to work and I talked to a friend of mine, and she agreed how much she always enjoyed that movie. We got to talking about the ending, and it's an ending that will get you talking. I've had conflicting thoughts on the, on the choices they made, but that's a good thing. I love that when it happens. I like movies that stick with me and make me think of, of all the other possibilities of other directions they could have went. You know, I've talked with other people who love the ending and some that don't. It does have two endings, and they are very different, but yet similar in the same kind of way. And that makes more sense. if you, if you Once you see the movie, you'll see what I'm saying. Different, the same, and I would love to hear from the cast and crew about their thoughts on the endings. And ask the writer and director what message he wanted to convey with the endings, why he chose the endings, and what each ending represents. And on that one ending, why, why, why? Come on! But I digress. But in a nutshell, if you happen to come across the movie Sliding Doors, do yourself the pleasure and give it a watch. I don't think you'll regret it. Worst case scenario, you'll go on a walk down your own life's path and look at your own sliding doors you've come across in your life, because we all have. And once you start that rabbit hole, it's hard to get it out of your head, because I guarantee it, every one of us has had those moments that I should have done this, should I have done this, what would have happened if this would have happened? And that's the real draw of this kind of movie. We all start to daydream. And I had so many going around in my head after I got done watching this. And while I'm watching it, I'm thinking, there are a handful of scenarios in my life that are both professional and personal that I, I often stop and think, what would have happened if I would have went through that door or that door? That's the real draw to this movie. And I think they'll conjure up all that stuff in your head. I, I hope and I think. Now, approaching the bench next, we have the 1988 cult classic, They Live. It stars Roddy Piper, known for his kilt-wearing pro wrestling days from 1973 to 1987. This movie also stars the great Keith David, Meg Foster, and Peter Jason. They Live is directed and co-written by John Carpenter. And what can I possibly say about the king of horror that hasn't already been said? But I'll give you a brief rundown of some of his great movies. I mean, he has a lot of them. But I'm just going to give you a little snippet from the 1976 movie Assault on Precinct 13. And then the beast that started it all in this franchise. The 1978 Halloween, 1980 The Fog, 1981 Escape from New York. Another great film. And one of my favorite films, the 1982 film The Thing. Check that out. It is the special effects are just bar none fantastic. I know I say fantastic a lot, but see the thing. And then 1983, Christine, the classic. 1986, Big Trouble in Little China. I could do multiple shows on his body of work. He's just great. But another thing that sets John Carpenter apart is that he also composes a lot of his movies. That's just cool. 
He's even gone on tour with his music. That's right. He's, as a director, he's toured with his soundtrack music. And I've had several friends tell me that his concerts are so much fun. And I hope he goes on concert again someday. Because I would love to see him talk about those scores and to see him play them. Now here's a tagline for They Live. And it's pretty relevant for today. They influence our decisions without us knowing it. They numb our senses without us feeling it. They control our lives without us realizing it. They live. Okay, that's the tagline. But that doesn't really tell you what this movie is about. Now, in a nutshell, the character played by Roddy Piper opens the movie by walking with a backpack into a city. We find out he's out, he's unemployed. He's just looking for a job. Eventually, he lands a job with a construction company where he starts a friendship of sorts with Frank, played by Keith David. You might have seen him in the recent TV show Greenleaf, The Chronicles of Riddick, Crash, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and he's done tons of voiceover work throughout the years too, on top of his massive film career. Eventually, Roddy's character notices a lot of activity across the street from the homeless compound he's staying at. He starts investigating the situation. He comes across a box full of sunglasses. That's when his world gets turned upside down. Glasses he finds were being made by the people in that church. And when you put them on, you see aliens that are pretending to be human. And the glasses enable you to see the subliminal messages hiding in everything that we see from Books, billboards, magazines, TV, basically whatever we look at or whatever somebody's trying to sell us, with those glasses on, you see the true meaning of that message, whether it be obey, buy, submit, all these things. So he puts them on, he sees it, takes them off, they're gone. He then goes on a quest to get to the bottom of it all. Now, They Live has a lot going on. It tackles a lot of issues that you wouldn't think this kind of movie would generally address. But that's what makes John Carpenter such a great filmmaker. He can wrap a movie with social and real issues into an action sci-fi type film. It's really amazing how he could pull that off. Not only does he have a message, but it has some good humor. And that gives it just the right right amount of levity. And just another side note, they have a really fun fist fight in this film. Where he's trying to make his friend to put on these glasses You know, it's not a whole bunch of bells and whistles. It's not all this high-tech thing. It's just two guys wrestling and fighting and just whatever it is. You look at it and go, huh, from today's eye, you might go, "That's what is that? But the almost simple realisticness of that fight scene is just fun to watch because, you know, they're not doing these high-flying kung fu things or whatever it is that we see now in fights or a super lot of cuts. You know, because a lot of times now when we watch a fight scene in a movie, it is cut beyond belief. It's just, it's not even realistic. Anyway, that, I did this little side banter. You'll see what I mean when you watch the film. It's fun, it's simple, and they get exhausted. That was just cool to see. You may not ever have seen this film, but you've probably heard one of the famous quotes from it. It's about bubblegum. It's still used today in so many conversations. I just wanted to throw that in there just so you know. Whenever I watch it, I just sit there and wait for it. My friends and I, when we sit and watch it together, it's just a classic line. I'll let you hear it for yourself so, you know, I won't ruin it. Now, just like Sliding Doors, this movie is pretty low budget. But here's the deal. It doesn't need excessive special effects. Oh, there's some, but it's not over the top or excessive. The story is just good enough. Yes, it looks a little low budget from time to time, but it just shows you what you could do with so little. Sometimes I think we take it for granted that every big-time Hollywood movie is easily made. But in reality, even well-known, talented filmmakers can't get the funding to make a film. You hear it all the time, 
and that directors work decades trying to get funding for a project they're passionate about. It's crazy. And I, I sometimes you don't even think about it. You just assume, oh, this is so-and-so or so-and-so. They just get money hand over fist. That's not always the case. It can take years. Not saying that's the case with this one, but he had a budget and he worked within it. He didn't just sit around waiting years to try to get money. He worked with what he had and I like it and it looks good. Also starring in this film is Meg Foster, who plays Holly. She's had a great career spanning from TV to movies. And some of her early TV shows were Cannon, The Streets of San Francisco, Barnaby Jones, The Six Million Dollar Man. And get this, she was replaced by Sharon Glass on Cagney and Lacey after six episodes. CBS reportedly wanted somebody more feminine. I mean, can you believe that? That just, that just blows my mind. You hear about stuff like that, but it's just bizarre when you actually read it and know that it happened. She's also been recently in the TV show Pretty Little Liars, Jeepers Creepers 3, in the 2018 film Overlord. And they live, she gets kidnapped by Roddy's character after he goes on the run. Her character takes several turns during this film, and it's a fun arc to see her go. And there's a lot more going on in this film, and I don't want to give it away, but it, it's simple. But again, it's complex in its own little way. There's a lot of social issues and kind of like a revolution kind of going on in the movie too. And the ending is pretty cool. Some unexpected twists and turns. It has a, you know, mid credit scene, I think it is, or, you know, somewhere around the end, there's an additional scene. And it's really funny. It just really kind of resets the tone. So if you're looking for a fun science fiction action movie that has a little something to say, you can't go wrong with They Live. Every time that's on TV, if I'm flipping the channels, whatever it is, I will stop to watch it because it is truly a classic. Now, like I said at the beginning of the show, I rediscovered both these films just by flipping the channels and checking out different streaming systems and platforms. Don't forget to search for some of your old favorites or find new gems you've never seen. That's the fun of being a movie lover. If you guys like this kind of episode, let me know. As, you know I've been thinking about doing this for quite some time, You know, doing shows on random shows, classics, and just movie and TV shows I've enjoyed throughout throughout my life. Because like I always say, any movie is somebody's favorite movie. Just spin the movie wheel and hit play. You never know what you might find in the end. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, ways to improve the show, let me know. Cinemajudge at hotmail.com. I can't fix what I don't know is broken, so let me know. Cinemajudge at hotmail.com. Now, even though this was just a kind of a mini show, not really part of the arc normally that I usually do, I still want to thank everybody who listened to the last episode. You guys are fantastic. Everyone from around the world, the United States, Brazil, Mongolia, United Kingdom, Germany, France. Thank you so very much. Minneapolis, Minnesota, Cottage Grove, Minnesota, Los Angeles, California, New York, New York, St. Paul, Minnesota, Madison, Wisconsin, Buffalo, New York, Alexandria, Virginia, Pasadena, California, Duluth, Minnesota, Birmingham, Alabama, Eden Prairie, Minnesota, Farmington, Minnesota, Warwick, Warwick, Warshire. Yeah, I butchered that horribly, but it was the best I could do. West Springfield, Mass., Bergenfield, New Jersey. Now, this one's uh, Mariero, Louisiana. Well, thank you, Louisiana. I really appreciate that. And there's several from Germany and other countries that I can't pronounce, but rest assured, I'm looking at it, and I thank you. In Bloomington, Minnesota, every one of you out there, when you take time out of your busy life, and I know it's busy, 
to listen to this show and to listen about movies, I am so grateful. Don't think for a second that I don't appreciate that. And I often think about this. What time of day do you listen? Where are you at? What is your life like? And I just, I'm just honored. Here I am sitting in my basement. You know, it's 1230 in, in the morning here or at night, however you want to look at it. And I'm just going, wow, somebody is listening to this show. Thank you so much. And if you want to, spread the word. The more the merrier. And this week's bourbon toast goes out to Melanie. Mel, from the very beginning, you were a great help in getting this thing started. Because the reason I'm thinking about long time ago, Ville, is because this computer that I'm doing this stuff on is so close to the extinction point. It's it's barely trucking along. So it really makes me appreciate, you know, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Hey, C- Cinderella, sing it for me. No, I'm not going to try to sing it for you. But you know what I'm saying. It's times like this when I realize, man, I could be that close from this show ending or, you know, doing what I really love just because technology is, you know, going so fast. You know, I put in an order for the new computer, but it's going to take, you know, until like the end of the month or ne- next month to be more precise. But things like that. So people like you who've helped me out make this happen through all these years. I wouldn't be here with so many of you, just like you, Mel. Cheers. Well, that's it. My glass is full, I'm thirsty, so cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 